Welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators, a monthly podcast series where two black men from the state of Maryland debate and get their hot takes on movies, professional wrestling, and TV shows. So have a listen, have a look-see, but nonetheless, enjoy. Okay, hey, welcome to the 301 Colored Commentators. We're back! Yeah, we back in the building, a series where we, two black men residing in the state of Maryland, dissect and discuss various aspects of entertainment, movies, music, TV shows, and old school pro wrestling. Tonight, we're gonna start off by talking about the recently released Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and then we're gonna talk about the very first inaugural 1987 Survivor Series, and lastly, season one of the HBO critically acclaimed series, True Detective. Yes, sir. What you been up to lately, fam? Anthony? Just just keeping busy, man. Getting ready for the holiday season, even though I don't have real plans, um, but. Me neither. Yeah, it's been been cool. Well, how was your Thanksgiving? That was good. Uh went to families. One of my cousins was hosting, so we made it out there. It was cool. Lots of food, laughs, you know. Almost death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, keeping up with the World Cup. I've oh. been watching that as well. Um, USA got knocked out today, didn't USA they? USA got knocked out today. Ghana got knocked out yesterday, so. I work? Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. See we that. out, we out, bro. So, but I'm still Team Africa. We still got Senegal in there, and I think we got Morocco in there. So, we're, okay. still, we're still alive a little bit. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. It's like the World Cup is like overtakes the NFL whenever it comes out. Biggest, biggest sport in the world. It's football, soccer, <laughs> football, 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 soccer. You, you guys can call it soccer, but it's football. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the dudes at the gas station at the Exxon of the street, they love their football. They love their football. Yeah, we do, man. Anyone that watches it respects. So my man Herb, I know me and him have been talking about it a lot. Uh, Brazil, Brazil, still living and alive in there as always. So Mr. Voix. They got a shot. Argentina just won, so they they moving in. Um, so it, it's and it's been uh, like it's been very unpredictable. So it's wide open. So we'll see how it goes. Um, a lot of controversy being hosted in Qatar. I don't know if you heard ever heard about that, but I mean, there's actually a um, a documentary about it on you um, on Netflix. So you can check that out. But the tournament has been good. So that's what I've been watching. Um, and then, you know, doing the podcast stuff. Of course. Trying to live a little bit, keeping up with my man, Naeem. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Love Without Borders. Our friend Naeem, our, our childhood high school friend, yeah, he was in that Bravo show, Love Without Borders. Or yes, more accurately, you, you will all get to see him in the next episode on, on Monday. Or, is it's it Monday? Wednesday. 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 And we will feature him. Next season on this. Yeah, we'll have him here. Yeah, you will you will see the, the yeah, difference. Yeah, yeah. The difference in our atmosphere yeah, and how different I am. Yeah, he's like family. I mean, like yeah. just like Sai. We, we come yeah, up. Yeah, like, we're we're family. We're, we're literally literally our families know each other and all that, so he's like family. So yeah, you see him on this and but in the meantime you better tune into the show. It's mm-hmm. quite entertaining. It's not just based on him, there are other couples in there, so it's fun all around the world. So I just can't wait to see him how he is on TV. Yeah, real talk. <laughs> <laughs> how about you though? What you been up to? Well, Thanksgiving, I managed to find two houses I can freeload at. My parents and my brother's house. Smart man. Freeload. They invited me. It's not freeloading. Besides, I bought some food too. Um Oh word. Okay. Yeah. And also, um, getting myself back into the comic industry as well too, because I went to Baltimore Comic Con. Oh shit, how was it? That was, was after good. after a seven year absence from any of the con, any yeah. of the conventions, that yeah. was fun. Okay. It was fun, yeah. And like people ask me, How can you be around them people in costumes and whatnot? Isn't that weird? No, it's not because they play <laughs> along with it. I saw a dude dressed up like dressed up like the like the Black Panther, like T'Challa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's up doing the Wakanda forever with the claws. 
I even saw a dude dress up like Homelander from The Boys. You know what he told me? You know what he told me? After he took the picture, he just acted just like Homelander and said, remember, you people are the real heroes. <laughs> he says that. <laughs> I bet. I'm sure there was some dope cosplay out there too. Right? Oh, they, they had like a, they had like all, all this, this whole group of black folks, right? Black mm-hmm. cosplay players. Oh, nice. They were all dressed up like X-Men, right? Okay. And they fought one, and they were all in a pose against like a, another, another dude who was dressed up like the Nimrod Sentinel. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm like, yeah. oh I'm, shit. I had to get That's dope. Back. I gotta see the pictures later then. And yeah. of course I was out there promoting us too. Yeah. 301 colored commentators. Love it. Love every it. every vendor I went to, every comic vendor, every podcast I went to, like, here's a flyer. Check yeah, us out. Check us it. out. Love it. Love it. Love mm-hmm. to hear it. Y'all that watch and subscribe, circulate, circulate as well. We love yeah, word of other mouth. viewers. Good also, promotion. we also want your suggestions. If there are any, like, shows, movies, or wrestling events that you, like, were fond of in the past or fond of now yeah. that you want us to discuss, just throw it in the comments. Yeah, because we can't think of this shit by ourselves. Yeah, man. <laughs> you know, we're only limited. So, you guys can... And we might not even have seen some of them. Yeah, but so... But you might get be... us to watch and then have our own opinions about it. You know? Have a learning experience <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So... Because up until, like, our very first episode, I had never seen you until he suggested we watch it. Yeah, yeah. And there's about to be another season. Number four, yeah. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And even um, True Detective, I never really watched. He, he's the one that put me on, even though I've heard, I'd heard of it. So, man, that's going to be a fourth season, too. Yeah, I saw. I saw the, the, uh, the, the, well, the trailer. Not really the trailer, but the ad, like a promotion mm-hmm. for it or whatever. Yeah, with Jodie Foster. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but yeah, that sounds pretty dope. I, I'm looking forward to see the pictures after this uh, episode. So, oh, yeah. So, from the, for the, the Baltimore Comic Con. So, okay, got you, got yeah. you. All right, shall we? Yes, sir. Okay, our first topic of the night is Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Um, released in November 10th. It, uh, d- it was written and directed once again by Ryan Coogler. Um, and it stars Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, Danai, Danai Guerrera, I hope I said her name right, mm-hmm. Winston Duke, Tecna Huerta, uh, Martin Freeman, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Angela Bassett. The plot? Okay, it's no secret uh, Chad, Chadwick Boseman is dead, and so is his character, T'Challa. Yes, sir. All right, and um, he's not in the film. They don't even digitally put him in the film, yeah. but he dies of an unknown illness, so his mother, Queen Ramonda, she takes over the throne. Mm-hmm. And her, Shuri, and Baku, who was part of the Mountain Men, the Jabari, they're, the now, Jabari, yeah. they're now included as part of Wakanda. They don't isolate themselves yeah, as much anymore. anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and the Dora Milaje, the all-female Wakanda military... Yes. And they're fighting to protect the kingdom of Wakanda from intervening world powers after T'Challa's death. They got invading forces from around the world that's trying to get Wakanda's most precious resource, vibranium. Yep. And, they, and they have people try to sneak in the country and get embarrassed in, in court. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. That was funny. <laughs> but the Wakandans have to defend their nation, especially when a mysterious Mexican civilization emerges from the depths of the sea. Yeah. Um, this was the uh, some tidbits. This was the final film of the Marvel Cinematic Universe Phase Four, um, and it was released early no- in November 10th on a 250 million dollar budget. It's grossed at least 700 million worldwide so far. It's dope. Yes, yes. Always, always, always good when I see one of these kind of movies as gross as that much Chill, money, yeah, yeah. especially with a black director. Man, I love that man. Mm-hmm. He's amazing. He's yeah. Amazing. After the first Black Panther, I was I was like, after that grossed a billion and all the critical acclaim it got, I'm yeah. like, okay, Ryan Coogler, they gotta let Ryan Coogler can write his own ticket now in Marvel. Yeah, he's, he's a real, he's, he's, a, he's a G for sure. And he's only three, three. He's only directed three films. Yeah. 
all yeah. of whom all of whom got Michael B. Jordan up in them. That yeah, dude, yeah, yeah, that, exactly. That that dude's is Bobby De Niro. His, yeah, like Scorsese used facts. De Niro. Yeah, facts, mm-hmm. facts, mm-hmm. facts. Um, what else? Uh, at the by the time of of Chadwick Boseman's death, Ryan Coogler was actually in the middle of writing a script, and he had already turned it into a draft. But um, another suggestion after Boseman's death was for Disney to ship their plans and have Shuri take on the mantle of Black Panther, yeah. which, which is what happened in the comics. Yeah. So that, that was accurate, no? That's accurate, yeah. Okay. And that's the angle they went with, and they didn't even want a digital double for Bozeman. No, not, not like a two-pop I'm gl- hologram. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad they didn't I'm either. I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad they didn't recast him either. Right, right. I mean, for someone like War Machine, where, where um, Terrence Howard was slated to be him. Oh, yeah. okay. He was. He, he was Jim Rose in the first Iron Man. And then he ran his mouth, asked for more money. Interesting. And then it's like, okay, goodbye. Removed him. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And put Don Cheadle in this place. Instead. Oh, I did not. I, actually, interesting. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, dude, for the MCU film, it's like, there's a lot of controversy about the MCU uh, studios and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it's been shown. It's like, keep your mouth shut. You're going to get paid. Yeah. Fair enough, right? But, <laughs> but, but in all fairness, though, Terrence Howard was the first actor that was, that was cast in the Iron Man film. And he suggested that they bring on Robert Downey Jr., Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, okay. So him asking for more money is actually not it's not so far fetched. Not so far fetched. Yeah. Kind of makes sense a little bit. Yeah. yeah, the actions on both ends they make a little. I guess sense it worked out though. It worked out. It Maybe worked not out. for him, but for the, for the franchise of, of uh, for the franchise of Iron Man, Iron Man yeah. and for the MCU now because yeah. I now only see Don Cheadle as Jim Rose. Yeah, me too. I can't unsee that. You know, mm-hmm. so. he's, he's had it for so long now. Yeah. Um, what else? According to Ryan Coogler, the original version of the script would have explored T'Challa dealing with coming back after the, after Thanos' snap mm. in Avengers Endgame and grieving with the loss of time after being gone for five years. And this film, uh, much like its predecessor, it does have social issues attached to them. Big time, yeah. Yeah, the most prevalent of which in this film right now is uh, the feminist themes that were in the first film. Yeah. Like Nyong'o, she was saying that the film would tackle... Lupita Nyong'o saying that the film would tackle... Beliefs, passions, loves, and arguments of their female characters mm-hmm. to create what she called a robust drama. And she also felt that Wakanda is the world that they're striving to get to. Shout out to Lapita. You know, my parents actually have met her parents. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She was um, when, so we're kind of, we're, like we're like the same age. So if you put two and two together, I was born in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So when my dad was there as a diplomat, he had met her parents a few times at events. Um, but apparently, like, Due to like some political issues there, like her parents left the country and moved to Mexico, which is why she was raised speaks Mexican. Okay. But yeah, so like my parents have actually crossed paths with her parents, and she's actually like best friends um, with one of my very close friends from Ghana's younger sister. Okay. They both went to college here together. Um, I think it was oh, I forget which school. Um, wherever they did, uh, wherever they studied. Um, videotography and directing and stuff. They were both... They were both there at the same time. Yeah, so they actually go on vacation and stuff together. But oh. Yeah, they, they're that close like that. So, but yeah, that's not really relevant to this. I just thought I'd throw it in there. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a slam. We tend to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And speaking shout, of, shout out to Lapita. Speaking of Mexico, though, the, yeah. this film introduces Namor, yeah. right, who is Marvel's first mutant in the comics, technically, and the MCU, technically. Mm-hmm. And they actually use the word mutant in describing him, so X-Men, you're next. I know. Real t- I'm looking forward to that, though, for real. And and in um in, in uh, attaching social issues to the film, in the first film, he did it with Killmonger, 
and talked yeah. about the whole diaspora. And I don't think I've heard the word diaspora used as much until after that film. Yeah. Actually, I was, so I'm very aware of that word coming from my experience, but yeah. It became yeah. more prevalent, like the whole, yeah, the diaspora, the divide between black, black Africans and black Americans represented by Killmonger's character. And, and that term is also used not for, just us. for people like me, like yeah. people that are African that go into abroad, abroad and kind of end up staying there. So we're called the African in the diaspora. Right. So I've been, that term is very, very familiar. I use, I've used it quite a f- frequently. So, and then, uh, so and then there's the African Caribbean diaspora. Yeah. So it's yeah. used in different contexts, but it's a term that I've been very familiar with. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in this film, they rework Namor. They rework Namor as part of the uh, part of the so- the social aspect. Yeah. They rework him into a Mexican. Yeah. Like an Aztec uh, Mayan. Yeah. Aztec Mexican. Mayan. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Mesoamerican. Yeah. Yeah. And um, his society, they can't say Atlantis in the film because DC and Aquaman, they already scooped that up mm, as far as the film rights that go. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they rework it in like an underwater uh, Mayan Aztec society. Aztec type of style. Yeah. That, yeah. That's isolated from the rest of the world. Yeah. And um, a lot of the creative people on the movie, they work with Mayan historians and experts to portray it accurately. Yeah. And Kugler noted that the Tolokan, that's what, they're, that's what Namor's yeah, people are called people in the film. Yeah. The Tolokan, yeah. they're similar to Wakanda in that they're an advanced society that's actually hiding in plain sight. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. And they find themselves in conflict because they're not dissimilar. I mean, they prefer to be isolated and hidden. And they have monarchs who are incredibly powerful and have mm-hmm. strong points of views about how the, how their world should be. Mm-hmm. And with Namor, that's the social issue there was colorism. That's what I saw. I saw that too. Um, his, yeah. pe- his people are all blue because they ingested the uh, the, um, the heart shaped herb that powers the Black Panther. Right. Yeah, and it affected them differently. They couldn't live on the land, land anymore. anymore. They had to live in the water. But Namor, he doesn't have blue skin. He was born different. Yeah, he looks like a regular, like a regular normal um, Mayan. Only, yeah, he does. Yeah. Only, only he can breathe underwater, and he can and he survive can on land. Survive on and land and fly. and fly because of those ankle wings. Yeah, on, the, those wings on his ankle. Achilles-looking things. Yeah. yeah. How, how do, I, even now, I'm wondering how does support his weight? <laughs> yeah. Those little ass. Angels. Great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Good question, though. But yeah, yep, yep, yep. yep but yep. I, but I like the film. I thought the first film was better. Yeah, um, I think, but it, marginally, it was better. But I think it was marged. But yeah, keep going. not to interject. Go ahead. Yeah, I thought I thought the first one was better. I mean, if Bozeman, if Chadwick Bozeman had lived and been part of this film, I think it would have surpassed the original. I agree. That I do agree. Because the, the dude could act. I mean, yeah, any, yeah, yeah. Anytime you needed a I black historic, a black historical figure portrayed on screen, call Chadwick Bozeman. He's one of the best to ever do it, man. James sure. Brown, Thurgood Marshall, Jackie yeah. Robinson. Yep. Yep. That was another good one, yeah. And he wanted to play Black Panther. He prayed to get that role. Wow. And he got it. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad Rest he did. Rest in peace, man. Great. Great actor. Um, but yeah, but I agree with you um, on both ends with the colorism. But yeah, keep going. I'm, a, I'm also throwing my two cents in, in what I kind of observed. Yeah, it's gotten critical acclaim so far. Um, there's going to be a third film, according to Ryan Coogler and my Marvel Studios head Kevin Feige. Mm-hmm. Um, there's plenty of praise for Coogler's uh, direction. The action sequences were good, especially when when the when the Tolokans when they attack Wakanda. Yeah, that was ill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the musical score and the tributes to Chadwick Boseman they showed throughout the film. I was glad they did that. Only thing I could say that that they really didn't that I really didn't like the runtime. It could have been a little bit shorter, like ten or fifteen minutes shorter. Mm-hmm. And um, who was it? The uh, 
Ironheart. The chick that played Riri Williams. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's going to... They, they introduced her in this film in order to lead into the whole Ironheart series where we got like a black female Tony Stark type of character. And that's cool and all, but she she didn't need to be in this film the entire time. I agree. Time. I agree. They over-integrated her. Yeah, they over-integrated her. I mean... That's one of the down, downsides for me about this movie. I think they could have kind of subtly used her instead of like forced... They kind of forced-fed her, force into, fed the, her. Yeah, into the whole thing. But, as, I mean, par- as part of the theme of black girl magic, which I got nothing against. Yeah, I agree. I got nothing against. They, but they could have been... Her, there, was a, there was a lot of black girl magic, even if they had kind of suppressed... I don't want to say suppressed, but like kind of like not have force fed her character so much into the show or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, into the movie. Um, but I agree with you 100% on that. I think they could have still introduced her without like totally forcing her throughout the whole script. Yeah, all, all she needed was two scenes her intro scene and the yes, chase scene. And the that's, ch- it. that's it. That's it. They, they, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, but it is what it is. Um, uh, for me, going back into like the social issue thing, I think. Um, they were very strategic in throwing in some of the historical aspects um, with what you call it. Name, what's his name? Namor? Namor. Namor, yeah. yeah. Like his, the history of, you know, the conquistadors coming into Central America and like how they treated his mother and she like, was she was, she was banished into the water or something or she ended up going into the water. She ended up going into the water. To escape. Was it to escape the, uh. That, that's all, that only, they can only survive in water. Yeah, I yeah. Because they took the heart shape. Right? Yeah, yeah. And that, they were kind of almost forced to take the heart shape for survival mm-hmm. based on the way the conquistadors were. They wanted. Killing, wiping out their people. But it didn't work out the way they wanted it to. Exactly. Um, so the, the animosity he had with humanity or us on earth kind of similar to, you know, um, some of our, like, burdens with people of color, not necessarily just black people, but, like, like you said, Hispanic, um, Latin Americans that faced a lot of, like, racist and slave or second-class citizen treatment. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. Um, Which still goes on today. Still goes on today. And even the aspect of them going into Wakanda and trying to steal... <laughs> like stealthily try to steal the vibranium mm-hmm. and getting caught is it still happens today yeah. in the third world so uh, I thought that was quite nice of Kugler to <laughs> throw in there subtly uh, or not so subtly I mean if you got it you got it you did it you did it but um, yeah another thing I thought was when I saw the film with with Namor and, and the whole aquatic aquatic aspect there are times in the film I'm like am I watching it's like two James Cameron films I'm watching. The yeah, Abyss like and, and Avatar. Avatar. Yeah, yeah. I saw. I thought Avatar as well. Because of how blue they are. Yeah, I, I kind of saw that too. And, and the underwater, the underwater city was, it was beautiful. Dope. It was dope. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. it's like The Abyss. I'm like Ryan Coogler, were you watching James Cameron films? Were yeah, you I know. This film? I know. I know. Because it shows. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the story was solid, and yeah, there were definitely rewrites to it after Bozeman's death. Okay, yeah, that um, makes sense. What else? Shout out uh, to Lapita. She was looking good in that too. Oh, she was fine. Yeah. And they and they you know the film is complexion, yams, everything. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful ebony. Onyx. They um For sure, for sure. You know, some of some what's it called? Uh 
They don't show the film in China because of the same sex relationship that one of the door Milano. Oh yeah, 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 right, 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 right. And some people think that the film is trying to be woke because of that. I'm like, they they've done this in the MCU before with Eternals. They showed Fastos. I still haven't seen that, you know. Oh, you haven't? Yeah, I haven't seen Eternals. But keep going. Yeah, yeah they showed Fastos living in a same sex interracial relationship in the suburbs. And was that aired in Japan? I'm sure they took that out too. I Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about that yeah, one, yeah, yeah. but I I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, yeah. Um. And also, with this film right here, did you see The Woman King with Viola Davis? I did. You did? I did. Wait, have you seen it? I have not seen it, no, but I've heard like that these two are like parallel to each other, sort of. I mean, th- the, the at, at least in terms of visuals. Yeah, the exact visuals. Visuals, mm-hmm. the action. I actually think this one had better action scenes than the first. Um, the first Panther? Yeah, I, I prefer the action scenes in this to the first one. But I thought the first one was still a better movie. Um, but yeah, there are... I think the best part of Woman King was the action. Mm-hmm. The storyline for me was still a little, it was a little, it was a little historically inaccurate for me, and it was kind of there were certain things about the movie that was just kind of like, eh, eh. But visually, like you said, the action scenes were very parallel and great. That that was cool as far as like woman empowerment and just kind of like, um, just giving us a. A scope of how the the Naomi um, woman tribe or woman warriors back in the day, um, their war eth- ethic et- etiquette and like um, uh, what you call the training work ethic and stuff yeah. was kind of implemented. You kind of get both of those vibes in both movies, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, you should, when you get a chance, you should watch it. I plan I, to. I, yeah, I wasn't the greatest fan. It was cool, but I wasn't the biggest fan of it. Just because... And there's, there's a reason why, like, Lupita turned it down. Like, there's some people that turned down roles for that. For a reason, yeah. Yeah, for a reason. It's a little... But I get it. It's cool. But it was a cool movie. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, another thing about Black Panther that they didn't need to do besides having Riri Williams in the film for so long. Yeah. Um, Everett Ross, I get why he's in there. They're the, the liaison in the CIA. Yeah, but kind but of, kind of annoyed me too about but yeah keep going but his but what's it called having a Valentina Allegra de Fontaine the chick from Seinfeld yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. having her in there and, and revealed to be his ex wife like, yeah it was like this... like bitch stay in in Falcon and the Winter Soldier where you belong <laughs> yeah yeah or, or go back or do a Seinfeld reunion or something she was quite the annoying character in that or Veep Veep she was dope oh yeah Veep. Veep she was funny in there she's funny in Veep yeah she's funny in Veep for sure. Yeah, they they just didn't have no real place. She has no real place in the movie other than to throw her weight around and saying, I'm the CIA director. Okay, lady. Right. right. And probably a lead-in for Thunderbolts as well, too. I know they want to do that. Oh, really? Yeah, Marvel's version of the Suicide Squad, basically. Okay. Bunch of bunch of criminals costumes. Like, oh, you want early parole? Do the government dirty work, nigga. When does that joint drop it? <laughs> That's probably, so funny. Probably next year. Okay. Yeah, they, they, they want to do a lot of newer things. Hey, that's, that'll be Phase 5, actually. Oh, okay. Because uh, this is the end of Phase 4 with Black Panther. Black Panther. Oh, we're yeah. here for it, though. We'll be ready. Yes, indeed. Uh, indeed. Um, What else? Oh, for the Panther, fair warning, this is not a spoiler. There's there's no post-credit scene. There's a mid-credit scene, but not a post-credit scene. That's kind of true. Yeah. Uh, so don't waste your time. Yeah, yeah. I, I know the SOP for Marvel Cinematic Universe is, is to keep your ass seated the entire time, yeah, but yeah, yeah. just just take it from me. Just watch the watch the mid-credit scene and dip. Yeah. Well, unless you want unless you want to look at everything. Uh, unless, I just, again, and again, unless you want to see, want to get a, a 
the dose of some waterworks, mm -hmm. depending on how emotional you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that yeah, is true. yeah, that is true. Um, what else? Yeah. What else? Ah, yeah, Ryan Coogler. Yeah, he's four for four with this film now. Um, it's gonna gross over a billion, and I wonder if he what kind of deal he takes in the MCU. Like like a yeah, he needs like a like a long term contract. I hope he does, man. Because he he's, he's man, he's, the movies that he touches, especially with the MCU, they, he kills it all the time. He needs to negotiate a nice little handsome contract for his ass. I hope so. I hope seriously, so. Seriously, seriously. Get you like a Deshaun Watson type of yeah, all guaranteed and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because what's it called? The Russo brothers. They can't be the only ones who who, who are the most who are the most prominent directors in the MCU. Exactly. Exactly. You know, they, they do good, but Coogler, you've proven you can do better. Right. 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 Um, okay. Um, and also, no, 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 no. We talked about how much he loves Michael B. Jordan. That's his boy. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. He, hey, I'm not going to do any spoilers. But no. I was going to throw it. To Creed talk 3. About, I was going to talk about a scene in there when he, in there, but some people might not have seen it. So I'm just going to keep it surface level so they can enjoy the movie. Because I, I think a lot of people still haven't seen it. Um, but... I mean, some of y'all MCU fans, I know y'all saw him in What If. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when they can just take a, a different version of yourself from a different reality mm -hmm. and bring you back, but that's not what they did in this film. Yeah, that's not what they did in this film. I'm almost like, shit. We should. You trying to watch this episode? You might as well go watch the movie, so spoilers aren't spoilers. But yeah, so we'll, we'll put something in the well. We'll put something in the bottom. But this, we this didn't. Thing, yeah. We couldn't say we really spoiled it. Yeah, yeah. I think we're nice. Consider it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, Especially it, me, considering I'm known for spoiling. <laughs> Real talk. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but um, I recommend you see it. I liked it a lot. Um, I didn't, I didn't expect much. I actually expected them to low key, like, drop the ball because the first one was so good. Yeah, it's but like I actually, it actually exceeded my expectations. I thought it was a good movie. High expectations, yeah. I mean, even though a lot of the films in the Mar for Phase Four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe have been a train wreck for the most part, mm -hmm. this one, Shang Chi, and of course Spider Man No Way Home, they've they, they been the best ones. That was amazing. Yeah. 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 The TV shows have been straight too. Yeah. 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 For sure. For sure. But um, now we got Phase Five coming up for in 2023, or or did it recently start with that Guardians of the Galaxy uh holiday special? Either way. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Either way. Phase five, get ready for that. Yes, sir. And on that note, let's make the switch. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about the inaugural Survivor Series, which aired November 26, 1987. In the late 1980s, here's some background. In the late 1980s, the WWF, the World Wrestling Federation, their main competition was the National Wrestling Alliance's Jim Crockett promotion. Mm -hmm. The WWF chairman, Vince McMahon, he countered Jim Crockett's successful Starcade pay-per-view event, which aired in 1983, by creating WrestleMania, the inaugural event which aired in 1985. Mm -hmm. After the third WrestleMania event, which aired in March of 1987, the most successful, which was the most successful professional wrestling pay-per-view event in history at that point, mm -hmm. McMahon decided to up the ante and create Survivor Series mm -hmm. in November, which aired the same day as Starcade of '87. And, oh, I didn't even know that. Okay. And in order to in order to create more more of a more of a buzz for himself and more advertising more advertising dollars, McMahon he threatened cable companies who aired Starcade instead of Survivor Series. He threatened them saying, "You're not gonna be you're not gonna get on WrestleMania four if this if this event's a success. Yeah, yeah. You wanna you wanna jump on on, on Starcade's dick? Go right ahead. But if this is bigger than that, don't come calling me. Yeah, hundred. That's funny. Yeah, and most, and most cable providers, they gave in to McMahon's threat, and only a handful aired Starcade. 
Wow. And, and the people that, that went with McMahon, they made the right decision. That's gangster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a good one. So Yeah, it's held in Survivor Series is generally held in November during the week of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And it's the second longest running pay-per-view event in the in the promotion's history mm-hmm. behind the flagship event, WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the pay-per-view, the event has aired on live streaming services in recent years, like the WWE Network back in 2014 and Peacock since last year, 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's considered one of the big five events of the year. Yep. Um, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, SummerSlam, King of the Ring, or yeah. rather Money in the Bank is what it's now called. Oh, they switched it? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Also, what was it? Did you know the Survivor Series was down here one year in 95? In Lando, really? At the Capitol Center, yeah, in 95. I well, wasn't even here, so I couldn't have seen it if I wanted to. I moved here, moved here in 96. Yeah, where the main event was, uh, I think, Shawn Michaels against uh, Diesel. Mm. Yeah, it was down here. I was, we were we were seventh grade at the time. Yeah, you would have been. Well, if I was here, yeah, but you guys were here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then Survivor. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, the Survivor Series, the format of Survivor Series is, tra- is traditionally categorized as elimination matches, yeah. group group elimination matches. Usually, um, the stipulations have been added to the matches, such as. The member of the losing team being fired, but that's fake. It's part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, only three Survivor Series events have not featured the elimination, the main elimination match. The 1998 event, which had an elimination tournament for the vacant WWF championship, which which uh, The Rock he won in a in, in a in a fucked up reenactment of the of the Montreal screw job. Damn, I gotta see that. I haven't seen that, but I gotta see that. That sounds funny. Yeah, that sounds funny. <laughs> yeah, I man, he had what's it called? The Rock had mankind and the sharpshooter. The McMahon and Shane McMahon come running down. Ring the bell, ring the bell. <laughs> I'm like, you motherfucker! Wow, Asshole. yes, what a jab that is. Straight <laughs> jab, dog. In the 2002 event, which saw the debut of the Elimination Chamber match, and the 2022 event, which had a war game style of event, but men and female wrestlers could participate. Mm-hmm. Remember how how war games was fall brawl in WCW, like yeah. two steel cages. Yeah, steel cages. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that's what that yeah, is. Yeah, I remember, that. I remember that. Yeah, it's always created to be the Thanksgiving tradition. Like the first eight Survivor Series took place either on Thanksgiving Day or Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah. Yeah. Since mm-hmm. the '95 event, which which was in the Capitol Center, that's been held on various Sundays before Thanksgiving. Okay. Yeah, as it's always the final pay-per-view event of the year, it's a chance for wrestlers wrestlers to settle their feuds. Usually, yeah, usually, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's usually the build up of the teams. It's usually feud related, yeah. Yeah, and the, the inaugural Survivor Series took place on November 26, 1987, at the Richfield Coliseum in Richfield Township, Cleveland, Ohio. Right? Yeah. Small town, suburb of Cleveland, Cleveland. farm country. Yeah. That that Coliseum used to be next to a farm. That's what I heard. Mm-hmm. That's what I heard. But the event was lit. Um. And the success of the event led it, led it, made it becoming an annual thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, but, but for this inaugural one, he's seen it more than I have. This is my yeah. first time seeing it, actually. Yeah. Shout out to my um, late cousin who just passed away. Um, you met him. You met him. Uh, yeah, I think. Yes, yes, I have. Back in like... That, that, seven? In 09. The time he came to my house with a backpack. Oh, yeah, yeah. 09. Was that like, was 09. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, he put me on this joint. Back in the day, uh, I think I watched this. I didn't watch this in '87. I watched it like maybe '88 or '89. Yeah. Um, but since then, I've been watching it several times. But um, this was actually good. It was good. I think it's second to the second one, as far as my favorite Survivor series. '88 was my favorite one, and I think this this is my next one. But this was good. Um, it it features a lot of like the classic wrestlers that I enjoyed watching. Like, 
my favorite era, the golden era, was like from late 87 to like mid-1990. It was my favorite era of WWF. So a lot of the superstars were featured in this one and in the, 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 the next sequel. One. Yeah, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. But it was entertaining. Like, And this, I think this was the pinnacle of WWF as far as all kinds of like integrated superstars because it had... Like even the women's wrestling competition was oh, yeah. high at that, this time, and that that was and that was the best match in here. Yeah, in this it was event, so the good. Women's. The women's match was so good. <laughs> it was better than I expected. It's like, yeah, no. yeah, it was the first time watching it, right? Yeah, watching yeah that, it, shit, like, that shit was fire. Mm-hmm. That shit was fire. They came with it. Them ladies. Came yeah, with yeah, yeah. I can't even lie. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, being it, it was the first one. It was lit. The, the the fans the came. Fans. They brought it. They brought it. It was loud as hell. Yeah, Even no. watching it now, especially the last match. Yeah, you, you, yo, it was the last match was crazy. They were hyped. They were so yeah, hyped. Yeah, yeah. I think that was the first time Andre had come back into the ring since WrestleMania three. three. So like, like actually wrestling. He'd come, but he hadn't really wrestled. Okay. So that's why like the fans were like really hyped for that match. Um, for good reason. And the promos were so cocaine infused. <laughs> <laughs> All of them, all of them had to had to snort some lines the way they no, were like clapping each other. Yeah, ah. yeah, those promos were crazy. That's not just you just acting. You you on something? Oh, uh, they even did promos with the ten man. Like they, all the teams were there. All the teams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that shit was crazy. It was just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's a good one. Um, what was the first match? Uh, Savage. So, yeah, the first match, the Macho yeah. Man hissing. They didn't have captains per se. Yeah, back then they didn't back have then. captains. Yeah. But uh, the first match, it was it was it was faces against heels, of course. That's yeah. the format back then. Yeah. So for the first match that set the tone for the event, it was a Macho Man Randy Savage, who was who's a face at this point. Yeah, he just recently switched. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, his former rival, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, he just got into his barber gimmick, and Jake the Snake, mm-hmm. not not oh yeah, and Jake the Snake Roberts and Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Miss Elizabeth accompanied them down to the ring. Yeah, that's a pretty. Stacked a team. It is. Yeah. And for the for their opponents, they had the Honky Tonk Man, the IC champion, mm-hmm. King Harley Race, who just got the King title back, mm-hmm. um, Hercules Hernandez, mm-hmm. Dangerous Danny Davis, and Outlaw Ron Bass. And then the managers in their corner were Jimmy Hart and Bobby the Brain Heenan. Yep. 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 That yeah. match was okay. It was a mismatch, <laughs> as a- you as you could tell by how it ended. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A hunky was outnumbered. It was like three to one by the time he was done, right? And, and he counted himself out just to get out of that. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, I ain't get my ass whooped." Mm-hmm. He ran I'll away. T- like, I'll take the count. Yeah, out. yeah, I'm still the champion. I'm gonna leave. <laughs> uh, that's and the survivors were Macho Man, Jake the Snake, and um, uh, Ricky Steamboat. Ricky Steamboat, yeah. yeah. And Ricky Steamboat was on some like, like this is my first time. I'm actually it's acknowledging to me. He's on some Bruce Lee. Yeah, he was on some like martial arts. Bruce Lee. Like, are you high too? Yeah. <laughs> that gimmick, that part of his gimmick definitely went away when he came back the second for his, his, his second stint. His in the second, yeah, yeah. Even the, in WCW, he wasn't all about, when he went to WCW, he wasn't all about that. They, they dissed him during his second stint in the WWF. Yeah, yeah. With that dragon. With the dragon thing with the dragon the fire. Blowing the fire, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, they all came down individually for this match, not as a group. Yeah. And, uh, oh, the color commentators, uh, Jesse Ventura and the Gold Gold. Monsoon. The GOAT. The GOAT. <laughs> they were they were having fun with this. Jesse came down with that pilgrim hat on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always 
at least for the first two, he always came out as a hippie. Well, most of the time he came out as he came his outfits were, his, his outfits was just like loud, dis- disheveled and loud. Yeah, yeah, like a straight hippie. Mm-hmm. He always, always in contrast to more conservative gorilla monster. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. And one thing he said during the match, he said that that's your strat, that's your strategy, isn't isn't it, body? Yeah, that's right, gorilla. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always cheat. Always cheat. That's my. The goats. The goats. <laughs> he was a beast. He's a goat, dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. The second match. This was the best match in there. The women's match. Yeah. Man. Um. The the they had sensational Sherry, who was the women's champion. Champion. Yeah. The Glamour Girls, Lalani Kai and Judy Martin, were they the tag champions or? Were yeah, they? they were. They were the tag champions. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them because um, this is how you know I'm like a big fan. I have cousins that I call. It's like all female cousins. Um. That actually kind of one of them. Well, they used to. Well, one of them resides in California, the eldest one. But I call them the Glamour Girls. It was from this. I got the name from this. So like, I just whenever I say, whenever I hit them up or like text them or say what's up, I was like Glamour Girl number one. How you doing? <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, and shout out to that Netflix show Glow, the glamorous ladies of wrestling, which talks. About, oh, I heard about that. I haven't also, seen it. Yeah. Which basically like talks about the women in eighties eighties female wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. Um, for this one, they had yeah the Glamour Girls, Donna Crisinello and Don Marie, not the mm. Don Marie that came out later on, a different one. Okay. And they had Jimmy Hart in their corner, and for the faces, they had the fabulous Moolah. I can't yeah. believe she was a face. Me neither. She's, she's been a heel like literally her whole career, but by this point, she was a face. Yeah. What's it called? Um, Rock and Robin, the yeah. sister of the Jake the Snake. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Velvet McIntyre, the Irish Canadian. She ended up winning the title later. She did. Yeah, she was actually all right. from from Sherry. I think Sherry won it back again. But and last but not least, Itsuki Yamazaki and Orio Tateno, they the jumping bomb angels. Best part, best part of this match. They were awesome. They were like the rockers of women. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they were. <laughs> but they they had such an explosive style. Yeah, Japanese yeah. Style. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were nice. And they, and they, they made the match. Literally. They did the high flying shit. They could sell getting injured too. Mm-hmm. 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 And, and that in sync moves that they made, like the Rockers. No, oh, they were sick. They were, they were sick. They were sick. They were they were they were tag team specialists. Yeah, I wonder if they ended up winning the title later from um, the Glamour Girls. I hope they did. I mean, because they they did they deserved that. They they killed that match. They did. They got a standing ovation because that shit. Yeah, it was the best match of the like. We're not even we're event. not even um exaggerating. The women's match was the best match of this whole event. They came with it. I mean, yeah, Sherry yelling in the corner the whole time. Yeah. Was even annoying, but yeah. She could wrestle. Yeah, yeah, she could. Yeah, she Sherry could. Martell could wrestle. She could wrestle. She could wrestle. Definitely. Um, yeah, Velvet McIntyre, she was good. Yeah. Um, like, all these women were seasoned wrestlers. They were good. Yeah. They were good wrestlers. Like, I can't lie. Um, and that, that speaks volumes considering, like, the kind of superstars or male superstars that were involved in the other matches. And how women and are this, perceived yeah, in this business. In this business. And for them to steal the show. Yeah. Um, it's crazy because they, WWF or E, whatever you want to call it. We, we say F. Yeah, because we're from that generation. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't even sell this event with the women. Like, when they no, talk they about it, like... They didn't, the males got, like, top billing for the most part. Yeah, yeah. But when you watch it objectively... You damn! It's like it's like it's, it's a no-brainer. The mm-hmm. women's match was by, match was by far the best. Was the best one in the in the in the event. Yeah, jumping bomb angels. That yep. name is ill. Yep, they ended up winning the match too. Yeah, they were the they, they were the, the sole, sole survivors. survivors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, 
Check and, that out. And, if you they, and they're so traditionally Japanese. They bow to each other. Yeah, and yeah. And the audience. Yes, yes, yes. You're bringing back memories, man. I love that. Shout out to Ivan because we used to fuck with this show. Mm-hmm. We used to watch the virus series. Um, we actually had our own tag team, too, me and him. Yeah. We used to call ourselves the Space Hawks. <laughs> Space Hawks. The Space Hawks. Silver Hawks. Yeah. Like the cartoon. Shout out to the Space Hawks, man. In, in in the eighties, teenage boys that were fans of pro wrestling. I know guys that that, that were that were that old back then. Yeah. They used to say we used to call ourselves the Four Horsemen. Ha! <laughs> Shout out to the Four Horsemen. Yeah, they yeah. love flair. We used to make titles and everything, man. Oh, us too. Yeah. Like cardboard, we just like try to draw the WWE. Nah, we would we would actually like make titles. We'll, so we will have cardboard and would make we'd get like old tin, like color tin, and like mold it or. Cut it up so it's circular and uh-huh. like glue the the tin part, <laughs> so it actually looks like well, a belt. Yeah, belt. yeah, yeah. Or before that, we'd steal. You know, our parents old school. They, you know, women. The woman had like very huge buckled belts, <laughs> so we used to take them joys and be like the one with the biggest, um, biggest gold buckle will be the wing tip, the wing eagle. Yeah, and then the other one that's more shiny would be the intercontinental title. So we were really, really creative about that shit when we were kids, man. Yeah, kids, but, kids can improv. They, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, if you yeah. want to buy me the toy, I'll make the toy. Yeah, back when every kid that watched wrestling wanted to be a wrestler. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. We didn't care. It was we? Didn't, we knew it was fake. We, but knew we didn't it was, care. Yeah, but this shit was was dope. Just just entertaining. Yeah. It's male fantasy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, what was the third match? Oh, the Heart Foundation. Ten man. The Ten Man. This is the, this this one. The inaugural Ten Man. We got what's it called? We first we had a women all woman theme. Now we got a tag team theme. Yeah. This one had the Hart Foundation, that's Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. Mm-hmm. The Islanders, Haku and Toma. They had just turned heel. Because they came in the, they came in the WWF as faces mm-hmm. originally, and they turned heel and joined Heenan. They were, they were underused. They were a really good tag team. Haku, Haku was a beast, man. Toma, too. Toma was, really, Toma was a lot more athletic. Haku was like the stronger of the two. Was Tama Tama was a what's it called? Was he related to Rikishi or one of them? Yeah, he's he's one of he's in that circle. Samoan, the Samoan, yeah, yeah, because he looks he looks it. Yeah. Well, it's the Bolsheviks, Nikolai Volkov and a Boris Zukov. Demolition, Axe and Smash. So they were still kind of fairly new at this point. They were fairly new. They were they were heels. They, yeah. These are all heels. And yep. lastly, the Dream Team, the new Dream Team, which was yeah. Greg Valentine and Dino Bravo, because they broke up at WrestleMania three. Yeah. Him and Brutus Beefcake. Beefcake, exactly. And the managers in their corner were Johnny Valiant, the Doctor of Style Slick, mm-hmm. Jimmy Hart, um, Bobby Heenan, and um, and Mr. Fuji. Yep. The opposition was the Strike Force. I hated them. <laughs> Girls in cars. Yeah, I fucking hated them. Dog. <laughs> they were the tag. They were the tag champions yeah, at the time. I fucking hated them, dog. God. The Young Stallions, the the Fabulous Rougeau brothers. Um, well, the Young Stallions with Paul Roman and Jimmy Powers, muscle heads, mm-hmm. Italian muscle heads, and they had the Fabulous Rougeau brothers, the Canadian boys. They had just turned heel as well. They were they came in originally as faces. They were faces here, right here. Oh yeah, they were faces here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, they turned heel soon after this. Um, yeah. So Jacques and uh, Raymond, um, and the Killer Bees. They were actually a pretty good tag team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim Brunzel and Byron B. Blair. Triple B. Yep. They were, uh, very agile. They were very, they were kind of like the rockers before the rockers, but not as in sync. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And then my, one of my favorites, Davy Boy and Dynamite, the British Bulldogs. With Matilda. Very, with Matilda. Very, very, very good tag team. Yeah, the Dynamite kid. We spoke about him before. That dude yeah. was an animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very good tag team. It was, 
and especially in that era, they were one of the best. Um, the tag team this, this era had a lot of good tag teams within there. Yeah, was, I think this was the best tag team era ever. Like between eighty late eighty seven to like ninety two or ninety one, it's when the tag team was this, and then the intercontinental the uh, competition. Intercontinental time competition was the best between eighty six to eighty eight. Because everyone involved was was like legit. Oh yeah. That's why I, I always say Honky was the, the greatest of all time because he wasn't he wasn't fighting scrubs even though he was cheating. Yeah. He was not fighting scrubs. He was fighting like Tito Santana, Macho Man, mm-hmm. Jake the Snake, um, Hercules. People that can actually wrestle. Yeah, like he was he was beating these like I mean he was cheating. Cheating, but, but he could actually. Yeah. Could, so like they weren't. Yeah, they the other wrestlers the faces were not carrying the match. Right. Right, yeah. right. So um, Honky knew what he was doing. Yeah, just like the Killer Bees knew what they were doing in this match. Yeah, with cheating. the masks. Yeah, using their masks. To they cheat. had the Lucha Luchador type masks. Uh huh. Yeah, it's like it's like people say the faces never cheat. Bullshit. Yeah, but they they cheated this shit. They like, did. Hey, and my yeah. man Gorilla was pissed. No, uh, Jesse was, was pissed, pissed off. <laughs> and Gorilla's like, I didn't see nothing. <laughs> yeah, the Killer Bees and the Young Stallions. They were the survivors. Survivors. Of this match. Yeah, yeah. The Young Stallions. I, I love how built Paul Roma was. He's huge. Rip. He was he was, he was a musclehead. Uh, he was he was big. And Pause. Jim, and Jim Powers. He was he was in the wrestler with Mickey Rourke. Yeah, yeah. I even think Jim Powers was bigger than Roma. Roma was a better wrestler, though. but Jim Powers was a little bigger, mm-hmm. slightly bigger. The young stallions. Yeah. Um, but Jim Powers phased out, and Roma continued. Um, he, he did. He uh, power and glory. Power and glory with Hercules, yeah. which I don't. I don't. I was think... a fan of them, like, the, but I liked your finishing move. Was sick. They, they they could have gone further. It's like they didn't they didn't even know theme music. Power. They didn't. It was just this just walk to the ring. Walk to the ring with chains on and sunglasses. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I fucked with the the finishing move, the suplex and then the splash mm-hmm. simultaneously. That was dope from the top rope. Yeah, yeah. Um, the most significant thing they did was keep the Legion of Doom from winning that tag team battle royal that would have. Oh yeah. Went, face it's, it's, the hearts of wrestling. That would have been a better match. That would have been yeah. That would have been a better match if the, the Legion of Doom had faced the, the, the Heart Foundation. Yeah. I mean, yeah, shoot. I mean, they already helped them, helped them, helped them win against Demolition. Yeah, against Demolition. So it was only right, you know, that they, they would they get, they get They get the title. I mean, they get a shot at least. Yeah, yeah. They faced off and stuff. But they got it at SummerSlam a year later. Yeah, they did. So. Um, all right. And the final match, the main event, which were, which was fucking lit. This, this was the one match. I'd say Hogan did okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one main event Hogan match that I actually enjoyed. I usually don't want to enjoy Hogan's matches, but this one was good. Um, they had uh, Andre the Giant, the One Man Gang, yep. King Kong Bundy, the Natural Butch Reed, and Ravishing Rick Rude. Team was lit. They had some, they, these heels. This is a good heel team. Yeah, it was a good team. Yeah. Um, and they and they their managers in their corner were Slick and Bobby Heenan. Yep. Against Hulk Hogan, Mister Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Uh, the magnificent Morocco, or was he the Rock? At this point, he was the Rock. Okay, dog. Did you see how ripped he was in the in this? His his beard gotten his steroid use had increased by this because this point he was messing with Jimmy Jimmy Graham. Yeah, he was, and plus, what's it called? The way he was sweating and whatnot. Yeah, like veins was popping, popping out of out. his shoulders. Yeah, he was. I was. He was a big dude too. Pause. And Ken Patera and Bam Bam Bigelow, who had Oliver Humperdinck in his it's a corner. Good team too. And the, 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 the promo before the match, before they all walked out to the ring, but especially the good guys, it was yeah. like, y'all, all y'all. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look how hungry they are. <laughs> <laughs> that was Ben Hogan. 
<laughs> today, look, today, what do you, I forget what he says. These guys are on the top of the food chain. Look, look how hungry they are. are. This man, this man, uh, what's his face? Uh, Bam Bam is like, it's time to burn the building down. And the whole <laughs> just tackles him. Tackles him, yeah. Hey, these motherfuckers. I don't know how much coke they done, but they are all in one. Yeah, whatever you, however, however much y'all did, it was enough to get y'all to Duh, that promo was crazy. In fact, that promo you can find it on Instagram. There's, there's some wrestling, uh, oh yes, some wrestling um, platforms that have that because that promo was very, very significant. Like it was very, very prominent and significant. How like lit they were. Mm-hmm. It was used as like what's it called, like um, a guide for, for like other people's promos, similar to like how the Macho Man and Ricky Steamboat's match, yeah, in a in WrestleMania three that became an influence for later wrestlers. That the, the promo like leading up to the match, right? The promo and the match itself. The match itself, yeah, it makes sense. That was one of the greatest matches of all time, if not the greatest. Oh yeah. But but um yeah, this main event, like even the entrances, the entrances oh, yeah. were crazy. Like you could you could like some of the music you could like the fans were so loud that you could just tell it was being in that atmosphere was hella electric. Mm-hmm. Even like watching it now. Watching it now, you can just hear it. It's yeah, like... you're like, wow. You can barely hear the commentators. Like that's how loud it was. Like even what's his face, Gorilla was, was a Jesse. Jesse was like, I'm not even gonna attempt to talk at this point. I yeah, just wait. Yeah, I'm gonna wait till this dies down before I can talk. But yeah, like the fans helped sell the entrance. Like you could tell it was a very anticipated match. Um, Hogan was lit for a change. I mean, he's always lit coming into the ring, but like. And he came down individually with his own theme. With his own too. theme, yeah. Um, they always do that for him. Always. What's his face? Paul Andrew had just become a face, so yeah, he, he dropped people, Bobby Heenan. Yeah, people were like, still weren't sure if they could trust him, but he did all right. Because yeah, they were, they were him and Hogan were friends before he went became a heel, and now he's a face again. Yeah, and I think he had just began his feud with Rick Rude about who has the best body in the in wrestling at this point. Rick Rude. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was it was a great match. Uh, even like. The way it ended was was dope. Um, just kind of Hogan ended up being a sore loser. Sore loser. A sore loser. Yes. Yes. Andre, he, you got yourself counted out, and the ref was saying, "Get the fuck out of here. Just go back." Yeah. Right. 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 I was like, "Hell, you lose your title." Yeah. Like you still got your title, man. <laughs> they 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 had to thread him. They they had to thread his title before he had he, he ended up leaving. Leave, yeah. he, was, he wasn't trying to leave. But I gotta give a special shout out to Bam Bam because he held his own, dog. Oh, Bam Bam was agile as a motherfucker. Yeah, he held his own in he's that match. He's a big dude. Yeah, he's a big dude, but he could move. Come and get me. Come yeah, and get yeah, me. yeah, he he could move, man. Um, and yeah. he he took out a few folks before he was finally done. Did he, did he take out King Kong Bundy? Or? <laughs> he took out. So it was the last three big big men. He took two out of the three of them out, and so that's why Andre ended up just winning it. Him and King Kong, Jersey Boys. Yeah, King Kong was eliminated. It was yeah. just Andre, right? Yeah, he was yeah, he was eliminated. But Bam Bam, the way he ba- just kept Bam moving Bam. out of the way. Yeah, like, Bam Bam. But he was like, by the time he got to Andre, he was he was out of he was out of gas. I'm like, and then like, now I see why how you're so agile. Remember the, the the match he had against Lawrence Taylor? Yeah, him, him, and then uh, the boss man was some of the most agile big men. Yeah, they were very very so agile. agile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, but that was a good match. I just remember when the boss man, when he let Hogan suplex him off the top of the steel cage. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. It was a good match, one of the better matches. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, um, I enjoyed this event a lot. Uh, Andre, the Andre was the survivor. Yeah. Ivan was this. Andre was a survivor. Um, and Hogan had to come out of the ring and knock him out and pose yeah. for a good ten you know, minutes. You know, at that oh, in that God. era, Hogan, he could never end a pay per view without Hogan being involved somehow. So he came yeah. back to knock out Andre or whatever. 
and, and make it all about him. Yep. The reality is Andre was a survivor. Yes. Um, so that's all that matters. I think it was the last. I feel like that was the last match that acknowledged Andre as like the main heel. Because after that, he was slowly being phased out phased because out. of his health. Yes. because of his health. But that was like the last. That was almost his which, last. Which is why they partnered. Hoorah. Which is why they started to partner him up with Ted DiBiase, the yeah. million dollar man, to help him carry the match. Yep. As heels. Yep. The mega bucks. Yep. Yeah, because the aftermath of this of Survivor Series 87 was that Andre and Hogan continued to feud over the WWF belt. Yep. And then the aforementioned Ted DiBiase, he was Hogan's primary challenger at the time, mm-hmm. and he offered to buy the title from Hogan, who declined. Yeah. But then DiBiase allied with Andre. And made the twins. Mm-hmm. And when he, when, he, when he beat him on Saturday night's main event, he probably bought the belt from Andre. And Jack Tunney just... Vacated the title after that. Yeah. That was the shortest. That was the shortest WWF title reign in the company's history. Fourteen seconds. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, and that's what led to the um, the uh, the fourteen man tournament at WrestleMania four, four. Yeah. with the winner Macho Man Randy Savage yep. winning the vacant title. Yep, yep. yep. Speaking of Macho Man, he would still feud with the Honky Tonk Man for the next few months over the IC belt, but he was unsuccessful and just decided to drop the angle. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, he was in the WrestleMania 4 where he beat Ted DiBiase for the vacant WWF belt. Yes. Meanwhile, Honky went on to go to a record-setting reign as IC champion, holding the belt for 454 consecutive days until SummerSlam, the inaugural SummerSlam 88. The GOAT. When he was beat by the Ultimate Warrior. In like 10 seconds or 15 or whatever. 30-something. But But. Honky is the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Remember that. He is, dog. He is. <laughs> I reiterate, the GOAT. Okay. All right. And Demolition. Demolition, like you said, they were, they just came in the WWF at the yeah, time. Yeah, They went on to replace the Hart Foundation as a top heel tag team in the WWF. Yep. Winning over fans with their charisma, power brawling style, and they ended up beating the tag team. Oh, yeah. The tag- they literally bulldozed over every tag team that they they went against heels and faces yeah they literally destroyed everybody leading up to that match they literally beat everybody they literally beat the shit out of everybody that they put in front of them but then they cheated to win that title but still um they were just badass and demolition were badass there's no other way to put it which which leads us to the strike force because they had their feud with the heart foundation but when that phased out yeah they just started like they started fighting them in like a series of cage matches and like house shows, teaming yeah. up with the teaming up with the Macho Man. But yeah, they, like three three man tag matches and shit like that. But Demolition, they kept on dominating the tag the tag team division until WrestleMania four, mm-hmm. where they finally got a tag team title shot against Strike Force and beat them for the belts, which led to a then record four hundred and seventy eight days as tag team champions. Oh, that they held it the longest, huh? They held it the longest until the new day, um, the new day overtook their reign. But um, but that's when I stopped watching wrestling. So I don't even know who the new fuck day the is. new day. I don't know who they are. I don't are know either. who they are, dog. I just read about them, but I'm like, if I never watched you, you don't count. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know who that is for real. Yeah, and like we said, the success of Survivor Series made it an annual event in November, Thanksgiving, or the week of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to say about the event? Nah, it definitely set the stage and the precedence for a series of great Survivor Series to come for years, for, for a couple of years, and then. It got a little, when they took out the whole traditional tag team, it got a little, yeah. eh, and they tried to bring it back, but it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same, nah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. The, um, 
And Survivor Series is a lot of controversial like events, like Survivor Series 1990. Uh, that was the first appearance of Taker, Undertaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the gobbledygooker, who was what one of the Guerrero family members yeah, dressed up as him. Yeah, you did tell me that. Yeah. And they couldn't even sell the gobbledygooker neither. Fans stupid. were booing. Shit was stupid. Man. But the theme music was dope. Yeah. You um, definitely had this, this thing with a uh, Mean Gene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to hold down. Yeah. Um, I think part of the reason why they went away from the um. The elimination format. Yeah, it's because the whole angle of face versus heel was dying out. Yeah. And that's what made it so good. Like, the tag teams, like, the feuds, you know? And they started having main events, too. Like, in uh, the year after Taker came in there, they had him wrestle Hogan for the WWF belt. Yeah. Which he won. I love that match. Thanks to Ric Flair. Thank you. Shout out to that match. Shout out to the Nature Boy, too. And, of course, you can't mention Survivor Series without mentioning the Montreal Screwjob. Yeah, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. One of the most memorable. Yeah. Most memorable, too. Still talk about to this day. Still analyze up the ass. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Facts. And, and, it's still, and it's still, it still epitomizes Vince McMahon as an asshole. He is. That's no secret. He's a douche. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. But the, the hair wrestlers talk about it to this day. Still still give their take on it. The screws up. Yeah, and, and, have, and still have... Not softening up on McMahon. Like Jim Cornette, he will not soften up on Yeah, that why should he, man? We all know what it is. Yeah, I know I know how he feels and how he feels about uh, Russo and Ed Ferrara. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. I mean, what did he say about... Uh, no, 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 never mind. I, I, I would get the quote wrong. Oh, was, was it... Uh, oh, no, anyway. It was yeah. taking, he was taking a jab at Vince Russo. <laughs> they that, hate if that man was drowning, I'd toss that man a fucking barbell. Wow! That's, yeah, it's country as hell, but that's also fucked up. <laughs> Most of these wrestlers are Southern motherfuckers. Yeah, they are, they are, they are. And speaking of South, let's move on to our final topic. Yeah. The season one of the HBO series, True Detective. Mm-hmm. Created by Nick Pizzolatto in 2014 for HBO, the show is a crime drama that's run for three seasons so far, with a fourth season slated to be airing in 2023. It's an anthology, and each season of True Detective has its own self-contained story, following a new set of characters and new settings. Um, that was one of the things that Pizzolatto, why, why it became, why it became like um, attractive for film stars. Okay. Because, um, what was it? The anthology format, it required actors to commit to one season. So Pizzolatto, he wanted actors who normally stay away from, from TV shows. Yeah, so they would only have to commit, they would only have to commit just one season. Okay. In order, because of their schedules. Yeah, because of their know? schedules. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, so the season one had uh, Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson were top build. Yep. Michelle Monaghan, as well as, uh, what's his face, uh, Michael Potts and Tori Kittles. The, um, constructed as a non-linear narrative, season one focuses on the Louisiana State Police detectives, um, Russ Cole, played by uh, McConaughey, mm-hmm. and Marty Hart, played by Harrelson. Harrelson, yeah. Yeah, they were investigating the death of a the death of a prostitute named Dora Lang in 1995. Doing some cult shit. Mm-hmm. And it skips up to 2002 and 2012, three different time periods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And during this time, Hart's... I mean, they have to revisit the investigation along with several related unsolved crimes. But yeah. during that 17-year stretch, we see the murder mystery, Hart's infidelity regarding, yeah. his, regarding his marriage. Yeah. And uh, Russ Cole, his uh, his struggles to cope with his troubled past, yeah, and his scarred psyche. He's he's uh, looks like struggles with like addiction. 
He looks like it, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's an alcoholic. He is an alcoholic too, yeah. That's another thing with these hard, with these uh, these noir detective shows. Yeah, they always gotta make the detectives in there like a hard drinkers. Yeah, they're either hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah. And this season, uh, the cinematography was beautiful, showing the marshlands of Louisiana and whatnot. Yeah, I agree. And I know how you're a fan of like photo shots and wide shots and whatnot. Yeah, I agree. It was one of the one of the most standout parts of just watching it for my for the first time. I was like, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The producer of the soundtrack of T Bone Burnett, he did a lot of the score in there and a lot of the music. I hear Tina Turner, I hear uh, Black Angels, um, a lot of country stuff that I never heard before. Towns Van Zant. Yeah. I, I looked. I, a lot of the music in here. It made me download MP3s, the put it on my iPod. Oh, back, yeah. Okay, when you first when I first saw yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. And also, another format of the show was uh, it only had one writer, the creator, Nick Pizzolato. He wrote every episode for season mm. one. Okay. And Carrie Joji Fukunaga, he directed every episode. Okay. Because episode four, the tracking shot, when they go and invade the projects. Yeah, the, the country shit. That nine oh, tracking shot. Yeah, yeah, I remember that episode. I do remember that episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They did that. They, they, it took seven takes for them to get that shit right. Really? Yeah. I remember the, the, the dudes outside. They're like, what the fuck? They're getting ready to be like, yo, what the fuck are they doing here? Mm-hmm. They go in there, break into the break into the house like some SWAT shit. Yeah. That was wild. Some rent-a-cop outfits. I'm like, those are yeah, not real cops. Yeah, it made the kid go into the bathroom. Yeah, like stay in the stay in the, Yeah, don't move. Stay in, stay in the bathroom. Yeah. Because yeah. he knew some shit was going to go down. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He didn't want the kid to get hurt. So it's probably, the, I guess, the safest, safest place, place for him. him. Yeah, yeah. But the way they got out of there, though, it's like... And that was that was Tommy from Power. Ginger. The bald head dude with the beard. Oh, shit. That was Joseph Shakora. I don't even think I noticed that. Yeah, that was Tommy. Because he, he shaved his head. I didn't catch that. And had a different accent, too. Yeah, a Texas yeah, accent. Yeah. Oh, shit. I gotta, I gotta re- I gotta, now that you say that, I got to go back and check that episode out. That's wild. Yeah, man. Okay. Uh, they, are, um, yeah, they, they were originally going to shoot in Arkansas, which is, which is where the plot for season three takes place. Oh, okay. But uh, Nick Pizzolatto, he chose to film in his home state, Louisiana, because of the state tax incentives and the landscape being different. Mm. Um, what else? Yeah, the show was widely acclaimed when it came out back in 2014. It was strong drama, parodied, especially the interrogation scenes with McConaughey's long hair character. Long hair when he was, yeah. And with the Fu Manchu. <laughs> kind of had like a Fu Manchu when he had the long mm-hmm. hair. Yeah, and, 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to have to take a little beer right now. Folks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why is it so important to you now? Thursday's one of my days off. And on my days off, I start drinking at noon. Yeah, bro. You don't get to interrupt that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. You blew the, blew the dollar after Exactly. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. Hilarious. They had some funny parts in there, despite it being very dark and very, very cerebral. Dark, yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it was nominated for several Emmys. It won the Emmy for Best Director, probably because oh, okay. of that tracking shot. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. McConaughey and Carol and Harrelson, they were both nominated for Best Actor. They didn't win. Brian Cranston beat them for Breaking Bad. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, for sure. He always wins. For he won sure. he won three times in a row that for fool. Sure. That, that that show is just a, some parallel. But yeah, keep going, keep going. And for McConaughey, this show was part of the two thousand fourteen resurgence of his career. He had Dallas Buyers Club. Yeah, that's a great movie. Which he won the Oscar for. It's a great movie. This and uh, Interstellar with uh, Christopher Nolan, also That's a, a good movie. movie here. That's a good movie, too. Best, sci-fi, good. best sci-fi shit I've ever seen. I got to rewatch that. After you told me that the last, I was like, you know what? I liked it, but let me rewatch it. And, and uh, I'll, uh, 
Yeah, but yeah, keep going. I'll, I'll give you my my two. Well, we might even cover that. We'll see. Yeah, we might. Yeah. And, and a lot of the themes in the show that they cover are like Russ Cole's his philosophical pessimism, the way women are portrayed in the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what we're talking about masculinity. Big time. Christianity. Christianity is also a big big part of that. Yeah, absolutely. And even the subject matter might be too much for some people, like cult and child abuse. Yeah, it's definitely a lot of cult. Um, scenes. Well, cult. What's the word? That Boudin, that that career in Mardi Gras, that uh, yeah, that, that rural Mardi Gras, right? With masks. Very Louisiana affiliated, like or stereotype, with like the cult masks, even Bo- like Boudin, even like um, the way the victim was found. Yeah, in like a prayer position. Yeah, it was like Chris Ang- Anglo Christian mixed with like cult. Voodoo type of like pagan type of pagan thing. type of yeah it was just weird, just weird. But I mean, a lot of that is a t- typical stereotypes of what you get about Louisiana a lot, like with a lot of like the black more. I guess you can call it black magic. Black, like magic. black magic mixed with Christianity, mixed with just a lot of weird bodies go missing found in the swamp type of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a lot of that theme is kind of prevalent in this in the investigation and shit alongside a lot of like the heavy down south country like yeah bubble fuck country and taking advantage of like a country like rural areas like you saw in the show like all those schools that were set up in rural communities yeah yeah Yeah, and they were there for a reason like what's it called isolated and besides all those kids in that community they they, what they say they said On paper, they said the reason why they set up those schools in, in rural communities, those Christian schools, uh-huh. was because the dropout rate in those communities were so high since they had to be bused an hour or more to the nearest public school. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Dirty South for you, bro. Dirty South. It's different. Yeah, McConaughey and Harrelson, they have good chemistry together. Um, the way they argue back and forth and Harrelson being like a... Being the more social but deadpan snarker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The dry yeah, humored yeah. one. And Russ is dry humored too, but it's like bone dry as a martini. <laughs> bone dry. No, you're right. You're right. Like He's like, when they went to go to that trailer park bunny ranch, and where, 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 where Lily Simmons was there, the chick from Power. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In, in the 95 scene, he's like, the hell is this some kind of hillbilly? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, what are you what are you trying to say here? We're actually legal, right? That's the sheriff's department. Relax, I got nothing against hillbillies. Exactly, exactly. And uh, uh, Har- Harrelson's character. Wow, Harrelson's character is such a problem with infidelity. It's like, why are you out? That's my favorite part of the show. Like the, the two, the character development of the two detectives. I thought that was interesting. Like, like how like. They had their own demons as they were all, as they were actually investigating. They and, were. And they come out, especially yeah. for especially for uh, Harrelson's character. And like they literally somewhat had to bend the law to get shit. Like they did. Like they had to go around the book sometimes, which is I guess is very typical. Very law, typical law enforcement investigation. And also like the the ninety five scene right where they where they have to go off the books and lie about it to their bosses. And Russ has to get that coke out of the evidence room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he's like, it's like, what are you saying? <laughs> they really should have a better system for this, right? I'm like, yeah. Where the fuck are the cameras? Uh, Why is there nobody? Apparently, that changed over time. But yeah, back then, back it was, then, was well, actually it was that, so lax. That scene was apparently very common in law enforcement at the time. Like they'll they'll like 
they were so lax. Yeah, they'll steal like evidence and do whatever. Maybe even they'll sell it or they'll yeah they'll but, use the but evidence. I ex- use it to cover their ass. I expect that in like the NYPD, the city level. Yeah, yeah where it's yeah, like yeah. the the cops, they, they'd have somebody watching the room, yeah. but he wouldn't really care. He's like, yeah, yeah, right go here. ahead, yeah, exactly, exactly. But here they don't got nobody watching the room. They just have one guy with the key, no cameras. It's very common, like, and the reason why I know this is because you know when I now watching it now yeah. versus probably when you watched it. Mm-hmm. At the end of the show, they would have like a recap from like the directors, mm-hmm. and then one of the one of the directors or whatever was like, "Yeah, that was very common in law law enforcement at that time, even on the state level." Yeah, but like it's changed a lot now. Obviously, the security yeah. is heightened and stuff. But it's got to be, yeah. Like a lot of like the investigators used to get away with that shit, so that's wild. And um, yeah, battling demons too. Hart's character is like, how are you gonna get crazy jealous of of your jump off? <sighs> Did she suck your dick? Ooh, yeah, no. Nah. All right, no problem. I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. And like, if you gotta say you're not crazy, you are. Duh. His, yeah. Let's jump off, bro. Alex, wow. Alexander Daddario, Miss yeah. Fan Service from White Lotus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Season one. Season one. Even she, when she did that scene, the scene in, in right. That, that's right. Where she, she had him tied up. Yeah, yeah, and then she stripped down. She joked on Twitter talking about because Obama was president at the time and was a fan of the show. Oh yeah, she liked it. Okay. Yeah, she's like, even the president has seen my boobs. <laughs> we, all, we all have, and yeah, plus, yeah, and plus, as a testament to how, the how they wanted to make things as far as the time goes. Yeah. Even how she looked was a testament to how the time, and I say that because she had a bush. <laughs> objectively speaking, you like, objectively you speaking, like bushes, sir. I don't mind them. Yeah, well, you're a grown man. Yeah, I mean, I'm Spoken just... Spoken like a true grown man. I'm just saying, they, they, nowadays you don't see that in any kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. 95, that, that was that was a thing, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. In a lot, yeah, they show... They, they, in the strip club, too, they paid KRS-One and Jizza. Oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Illegal business control America. And, I, for, I forgot about that shit. And that was the director, the the the, the 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 um the bartender that he was talking to. Harold yeah, Harold, yeah, That was the director. Oh, that, really? That was the creator. That was Nick Pizzolatto. Oh, I I didn't know that. Okay. I, I didn't know either. I didn't know what he looked like until. Yeah, he made his little cameo in that joint. The Hitchcock cameo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 They did a lot of visuals, like the spiral thing that was a symbol of the cult. They showed that. Yeah. In things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What? Okay, two thousand we ninety five. His daughters, yeah, his daughters. That's crazy. How, keep going. Yeah. how they keep learning about sex and they and they try to suppress it really. Yeah, yeah. Like they yeah. they they made her upset because she was drawing pictures depicting men and women in various states of undress. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, she was kind of cringy. It's kind of cringy, yeah. yeah and uh, and um, what else? What was it? Like that whole, especially when he was talking about his daughters. Throughout the show. Throughout the show and how he tries to rationalize having an affair. A man needs to decompress before he goes home. I've heard that from a lot of married men before. I have too, actually. I'm like, I'm not condoning it, but it's like, that's just a, it just feels like a bullshit rationalization. I'm not married. It kind of is. I, I can't, yeah, I, 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 guess, I, guess, I, yeah, I guess I can't speak on but like, just outside the box, it, it's an excuse. It's <laughs> an excuse. It just sounds like a major excuse. excuse. Yeah. yeah, one that the wife, Maggie, which wasn't buying... And like you got a good woman at home. You don't need to be with Alex Daddario or what's yeah. her face, uh, Lily Simmons. They're fine as fuck though. Yeah. 
Yeah, she wrote him though. She, oh, wrote she, him. she was trying to break the bed, that girl. She, she, she definitely wrote him. And she and and, and she the whole wrote him like she was about to hit that Kentucky Derby, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she um yeah. that whole scene is like it's like the dichotomy, the Christian dichotomy, like like when she's talking with him at night, it's like these are not flaws. The universe forgives. I'm like, this is gonna be a sex scene, isn't it? Would you like some bourbon? <laughs> And then the next scene, it cuts to her <laughs> house. You know, she's just right in my bed, dog. But before that, it closes up to like some sculpture she had on her nightstand. As we hear her moaning, yeah, an moaning, angel, dog, yeah. an angel and a Satan. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hands on your shoulder, right. Satan on so your shoulder, right? Nice symbolism. Funny as shit. Mm-hmm. And the reason he did that for is because he felt emasculated. The scene right before that, yeah. where he's out shopping, buying condoms. I mean, and buying tampons, tampons. Tampons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had been sober for a good eight years at that point. Hadn't yeah. had no stitch of pussy. <laughs> I mean, outside stuff. <laughs> no, I know what you mean, bro. It's funny as shit, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. And Russ, McConaughey's character being a good interrogation room man, able to get a confession out of anybody. Anyone. It's nice with it. You see that how he was with that girl? Yeah. In episode in uh, episode number six, the the Marshland Medea. He's like, the newspapers are going to be tough on you. Don't oh, you? yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah, So yeah, if you yeah. get the opportunity, you should kill yourself. Kill yourself, yeah. yeah, like, yeah what? Yeah. I'm like, damn, that's cold. It's wild. I'm like, you're right. It's wild, but, but you're yeah. You're right, but yeah, that's... It's wild, bro. It's wild to hear somebody say that. Uh, uh. And uh, Marty, M- Marty, and when his wife finds out again, did you see that? Oh, yeah, she was she was mad as shit. Was that the one when she was mad as shit? Was that, the, that was the first time. The first time when she left, like, the the, 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 the suitcases outside. Oh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah the second yeah, yeah. time in 2002, uh-huh. or what she did then, oh, my God. She, Remind me. Okay, not only, the first thing she did was she goes to a bar in a red dress and some red come fuck me pump heels on. And wow. I, why do I remember that very well? Maybe yeah, I was multitasking when that part came. But keep yeah, going. She tries to go to a bar to have her own affair, but nothing happens. But what she does instead, she... Russ, Russ gets suspended for trying to reinvestigate the Carcosa murders, uh-huh. and uh-huh. he gets suspended, so he goes home, he's drinking, and Maggie comes over, pretends to be sad and whatnot, takes advantage of him, so he fucks her, uh-huh. and, he's, and he's like, and then he, when he realizes what happens, like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm sorry, but thank you, because now Marty will have to leave, he can't live with this. I'm like, what the fuck? Ser- you just yeah, used him. I was definitely multitasking when this happened. I missed that. I gotta go back and watch that part. Like, that, yeah. Lady, you, you took advantage... He actually considers you a friend. He likes you as a yeah, person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you thought you had to do this to get yeah, rid of your husband? Yeah, that's straight grimy, but damn. And, and that's what fucked up their partnership yeah, for the that next fucked, 10 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, Oh, that's why they were... Okay, that, that's, man. That's why they were beefing yeah, for 10 years straight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why they no longer cops? Because of that. Wow. Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, I definitely was doing something when that scene came on. So. I was like, I was waiting for Mar- waiting for 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 McConaughey and uh, Monahan's character to get it on. I was waiting for it since yeah, the first yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cuz when he was at dinner with him in 95 yeah. and he revealed I had a wife. She died and her and she just perked up like I'm so sorry. Translation, <laughs> I'm going to fuck you later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, pretty much. They, they portray women like cattle in here. Yeah, up until yeah. up until her You're right action, you right there. Up until uh, Maggie's action, Monahan's character's action, uh-huh. she was a, she was actually the most level headed female character on the show. The show right. Yeah, 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 the, yeah. You're right. Actually, all yeah, the other right. ones, most of the other ones, just served as like se- like sex object purposes. Yeah, yeah, basically, mm-hmm. basically. You're right. Like the pieces of me and shit. And the first girl that he was having an affair with, right? That when she came over. 
when she came over to their house and revealed it to Maggie and mm-hmm. their daughters. Mm-hmm. In their presence, yeah. Yeah, it's like, yeah. she came to our house. Our daughter saw her. Yeah, she was yeah, disgusting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, the bitch came to your house? That, that's grimy. Yeah. Well, then again, Crazy. you did it to her. Yeah. And assaulted yeah, her boyfriend yeah. and damaged some property. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But Very true. Y'all both, y'all both are some na- some grimy people. I'm like, bitch, you knew he was married before that, and you mad when he calls you calls you a whore? <laughs> like, why don't you just call me you fucking wet wet noodle whiskey that faggot? Fuck. Yeah, I will skull fuck you, you bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he said that shit was soul. He meant that shit. With soul, dog. I will skull fuck you, you bitch. <laughs> oh man, dirty south. Dirty South, yeah. Yeah, y'all really feel me. East Coast feel me. <laughs> ah, good Louisiana. shit. Louisiana, yeah, cash money, uh, no cash limit. Cash money. Yeah, and no limit, still. Um, what, what else happened in this show? Um, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of Louisiana culture mm-hmm. that, that, that they take. I mean, they wanted to make it as authentic as possible mm-hmm. for the time periods and the location. Mm-hmm. They even have like a going out to like hoedown, cowboy like drinking, dancing in areas. Like yeah, square yeah. dancing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, even the uh, is Lone the beer that Russ was drinking, Lone Star. Those great big ass cans. Are those even yeah. real? That's a good question. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I've never had one. I never, never had seen one, one. Never seen one. So, I I haven't been to Louisiana, but I'm definitely gonna go soon. And Russ, he was from Texas. Oh, yeah. definitely gonna go soon. <laughs> I do want to try Louisiana cuisine. Actual authentic Louisiana cuisine. Did you go to the joint in Silver Spring recently again? Oh, uh, Miss Miss Toya's yeah, because she, she's a it's influence. It's Louisiana influence. I'm going there. I heard the food is good there. Oh, it's good. I'm going there tomorrow with a friend actually. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's that that's a uh, Miss Miss Toya's a Creole restaurant in downtown Silver Spring, Maryland. Yeah, black owned, authentically Creole. Man, I had some crab stuffed salmon. That, that shit was a bomb. I haven't, I haven't been. I've seen it. I've been around. I haven't gone there to eat yet though. So mm-hmm. I will in the near future for sure. Yeah, but True Detective, yo, that's one of my favorite shows. Especially season one. Yeah. Um. It was. It was good though. The replay value, the cerebral, it makes you think. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. definitely dark and pessimistic. Very dark, but yeah. Yeah. yeah it, it definitely has that the cerebral aspect that offsets it. Yeah. And it's something that they continued in later seasons two and three. True. So yeah. I, I'm. Well, I just did season one, so. Yeah. It's, I gotta do. Yeah, it's an anthology series, a murder mystery. I'm always interested to see. Are the what, same characters repeated? It's an anthology. Somehow. Oh, so completely. Completely different. Completely different, yeah. Completely different um, setting, characters. Hell, even the theme music is different. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But Nick Pizzolatto, he still writes everything, um, except for season three. He t- he shared writing duties with somebody, mm-hmm. and seasons two and three, they didn't have they didn't have like a. It wasn't mono directional. They didn't have the same director. So they don't even they don't even introduce even as an anthology. They don't introduce any of the characters back even subtly at all. Well, in season three, they did do a callback to season one, oh. which kind of shows that this is all within the same shared universe, but they're just different, different. locations. Okay, okay, that's fair. But the characters never interact. Okay. Yeah, yeah Mahershala, his character, he's aware of um, Marty of Heart and Cole. Oh, I see. But um, never interact. Never interact with him. Okay. Cool man. Yes, I'm looking forward to season four. That'll be female detectives, Jodie Foster, and it'll take place in Alaska. I haven't seen her in a while. She should be interesting. Jodie Foster. She's um, a legend. Elysium, that's the last thing I remember seeing her in. Oh, like, yeah. With yeah, Matt yeah. Damon. Yeah, yeah. With that Space Stations for the Rich. Yeah. yeah it was beautiful, visually beautiful. I liked it. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? Um, what else? 
TV shows. I'm looking forward to other TV shows that might be coming out later on. BMF. BMF, yeah. The act season two for BMF. Yeah, I'm about halfway done. With the uh the documentary? Well not the documentary I'm 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 up to date I think now. But the I'm up to date I'm halfway done with uh Power Raising Canaan. A little little bit over. A little bit over okay. halfway. So it's good though. I like this season better than season Me one. Me too. It's good. It's good. Yeah, the ana- the the I don't find no anachronisms in Power season three because it takes place in the nineties. Yeah. So I'm looking yeah. at it like, okay, all y'all are dressed baggy pretty much, and the cars they look right. They look right. Yeah. yeah. They do look right. The music is right too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Just look. I'm waiting to see like a, a cross colors hoodie on there too. Ha! <laughs> word. Shout out to my man Joseph Badmandem. Oh Joey yeah. Joey Badass. I've been a fan. Since he was like 16, so before the dollars, uh, yeah, I, I got a fan. I've been a fan of him then. So um, he, he can act. For me, it was I was a fan of him from the mixtape 1999. Oh yeah, that's when I I got put on and I've been a fan since. He can spit. He he's good. Yeah, and I yeah, this show was what introduced me to his acting skills. Now he's in commercials and shit. So he can he I like I like I like him as Neek. I like him as Neek. yeah. He's a good actor. Yeah. Especially especially the season finale of this past season. How yeah. he wasn't that like. Okay, I, I, fuck, I, I fucked you I, now. I'm almost, I'm, I'm almost there, so I'll see how that goes. Like, I fucked with you now. Yeah, shout out to my man. Definitely a Brooklyn rapper. He can spit. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn boys, they always... They never Brooklyn fail. MCs, they never disappoint. They never fail, man. Uh-huh. So, word. Yeah, Brooklyn man. rappers. Hove, Biggie, Biggie, Kane, Pete Fab. Nice, MCA, yeah. Sean Price. Fab, Fab, yeah, Fab is from Brooklyn. Fab is from Brooklyn, yeah. 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 Fab. He... <laughs> Fabulous. He, he run... Might have been swallowed with Heineken bottles. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a he's a, he's a good. He's one of the. He doesn't get enough credit. He's one of the best multi-syllable rhymers. Absolutely, and nice with the punchlines. Punchlines, yeah, punch good lines. setups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at first I thought he was a monotone dude, but then I started listening to him. Like this dude is slick. No, nah, yeah, he's nice, man. He's nice. He's nice. Yeah. But yeah, um, any things to conclude this show? Um, what's it called? What's it called? If y'all watch this, season one was the best one, followed by season three. Season two, it got a lot of criticism for good reason, and I was one of those critics about it too. I was like, "What is this? I I can't, Damn, I can't follow that. this." But then, one day in 2015, I stayed at home and decided to binge watch season two, and then I'm like, "It's decent, huh? Hey, it's decent. Okay, I can follow it now. It just has too much going on and too many characters compared to the other seasons." Okay. Yeah, but um, fair, fair other than that, it's, it's True Detective is a solid series. I'm looking uh, forward to season four. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, um, going forward, we're going to take a little break. Oh, yeah. So this will be our last episode of, I guess, season one. Yes. We're going to go back for maybe a couple of months. Not too long. Not, Not going to be long. out too long. We're going to review this. Brush up on things, see what we can improve on, and come back with... And we um, welcome suggestions, too. There you go. We're going to be absent for, like, you know, two, three months. So in the meantime, circulate this, this, the product so far that we have, and then also give us your suggestions on what you want to see going forward into season two. Yeah. Shows, movies, wrestling events... Or even even a format, shoot. Yeah, exactly. And we'll take we'll take criticism we'll take, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that you did like or didn't like about season one, let right. us know. Um, because we're all about improvement and making, giving you a better product. So, uh, yeah, let us know. We won't be, we won't be gone for too long, though. So. No, we, won't, we won't be gone for too long. We'll be giving you some things in the meantime, between time, via our Absolutely. social media pages. Absolutely. And maybe Absolutely. even snippets, and some snippets even here yeah. on YouTube as well, too. Exactly. So you guys won't forget about us. Exactly. we forget about y'all. Absolutely. We love y'all, man. We for love sure, y'all. For sure, for sure, for sure.
So yeah. So as we depart for now, for now, make sure you enjoy your holiday season. Stay safe, stay loved, stay blessed. And stay away from Mariah Carey songs. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's going on? She, she's my celebrity crush, but even I can't stand that song. <laughs> it's inevitable, bro. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, thank you guys for watching yet again. Thank you, people. We appreciate you. Um, and I uh, hope you enjoyed this show. All right. We'll hear from you soon and you hear from us soon. Signing Love out. always. And we will see you in the future. Peace. Peace.